Hello and welcome to a show of their own, Sports and Life with Morgan and Laura. I'm Morgan. And I'm Laura. Welcome to episode two of our podcast. Uh, This week we're doing a deep, deep, deep dive on the Houston Astros cheating slash sign stealing scandal. We're also calling this Astros Hate Week because obviously. Morgan is way our baseball expert on this show, so I'm just going to let her do the deep diving, and I'll just chime in with a witty comment or snarky comment every now and again. (laughs) So Morgan, go ahead. Um, I should preface this by saying I took eight pages of notes earlier this week on this. Um, I wanted to be very prepared and have everything, because there were some things that like I had either forgotten or just didn't know. And it started back in November, and a lot has happened since November, so it was just a good refresh for me. Um, So I'll start with, like, the very briefest of timelines. Um, I got, should um, tell you where I got all my information from, The Athletic, um, MSN, The Washington Post, and then there's literally an entire Wikipedia page about (laughs) this, where I got a majority of my information, and it had way more than I expected. Um, so first, this started in, um, I also, I kind of, as a true crime, like, obsessed person, I kind of feel like this is my version of, like, a Dateline episode, (laughs) so this is, like, really fun for me, but I'll try not to make it sound like it's eight pages long. Um, so first, November 12th, which was just a few weeks after the Astros lost the World Series to the Washington Nationals, Mike fires a former pitcher for the Astros in 2017 when they won their World Series. Um, He's now pitches for Oakland. He became the quote-unquote whistleblower, and he talked to the Athletic. Other players talked to them too, but they did it anonymously. He was the only player that was like, yeah, use my name. It's fine. Um, And I think it also held more credit at the time too because he was on the Astros team. It wasn't just opposing pitcher being like hey I think they stole signs he was like no I was on the team I know we did it um so he talked to the athletic about using a center field camera during their 2017 season now stealing signs isn't anything new in baseball I mean technically it's allowed in the sense of like if you have a player on second base looking at what the catcher's signing you can relay that to the batter the dugout whatever that's totally legal and happens all the time you cannot use cameras or a live feed or your replay room to then relay those signs to the dugout to give it to the batter, which is what the Astros did. Which technically, I guess if you're a second, you're on second base getting signs live from the catcher, but it's not in a quick or like it's it's also not as accurate. I guess, if you're standing on second base rather than having a camera zoomed in. And Um, that's, like, to that point, like, everyone knows if someone's on second base. They all change their signs to, like, more complex. No one is thinking, if no one's on base, that they're stealing signs. Exactly. Um, In the original report, no specific players were mentioned or named except for Carlos Beltran, who um, is a veteran player on that team. And at the time, what had just been signed as the manager for the New York Mets. The only other person named was Alex Cora, who was the bench coach um, for the Astros in 2017. And then at the time, the manager for the Boston Red Sox 
um, starting in 2018 and then the 2019 season. Uh, two days later after that report, MLB officially opened an investigation. Uh, Manfred said that um, it could be unlike anything seen in the sport's recent history as far as punishments go. That leaves a lot to be desired when you actually hear the uh, so-called punishments. Um, then we didn't really hear anything about the investigation or anything like official until January, which The Athletic released another report, this time about the Red Sox 2018 season, which they won the World Series that year, and that alleged that Alex Cora was the mastermind behind their cheating system. Keep that tidbit in mind. He was alleged the mastermind. Again, bench coach for the Astros 2017, the next year uh, manager for the Red Sox. Then a week later, the um, punishments for the Astros were released, and it um, none of the players got suspended. We'll get into that, trust me. <laughs> um, but the their manager, AJ Hinch, and their GM were suspended for a year and then like 10 minutes later fired. Um, the Astros as a whole got a $5 million fine, which is the highest MLB is allowed to do. Um, it said, and one of them said under their constitution. I was like, since when do sports have constitutions? But whatever. Um, they also lost their first and second round picks for 2020 and 2021. If you follow MLB drafts, though, like there's 60 rounds, two rounds. I was rounds. just going to ask that. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't feel like that much. Also, they didn't lose any international picks. So really, it's not as big of a deal as it kind of makes it seem like. Um, a day later, the Red Sox fired Alex Cora as their manager. And then two days later, Beltran and the Mets mutually parted ways. Um, so he technically wasn't fired. They were just like, you know what? We don't want you. And he's like, I don't want you. So that's mm -hmm. how that happened. Now to really get into it, because there's a lot. And I had to write it down because at first I was like, I know this. But I knew if I didn't write my notes, I would go on tangents and rants and forget about what I wanted to say. So... How it started from MSN is what this is what they said how it started. Um, Alex Cora, remember this time he's bench coach for the Astros. He would call the video replay room from the dugout phone to get um, info on the opposing catcher's signs. Again, that's illegal, especially for a coach. Like, what are you doing? As a coach, you know, you know. And if he's doing that in the dugout, I find it really hard to believe that A.J. Hinch didn't know originally what was going on. The dugout phones are right there. They're right where the manager sits. Like, you could hear it. So I would say, like, anyone who isn't, like, a janitor or something, anyone who has any baseball power at all and is anywhere near the clubhouse had to have known. Yeah, the only people I could legitimately believe didn't know about the system that they were using or had in-depth knowledge would maybe be the bullpen pitchers, mm -hmm. the relief pitchers, just because they spend majority game or all of the game if they're not pitching in the bullpen, which is across the field. Like they're not in the dugout hearing this or necessarily seeing it because half the time they're having their own conversations, doing and whatever. Even if like the starting pitchers knew like, obviously, they benefited in a tangential mm -hmm. way because of, like, the wins. But right. wins now in, in baseball have less meaning now that people know more about stats and yeah. how dependent that is. 
So I would have a hard time like really advocating for a lot of punishment for the pitcher. Right. Yeah. Cause it's really, this benefited mostly the batters. Mm-hmm. Um, also Beltran and it said, and potentially others, which obviously there were others involved, um, discussed, um, with the team, how they could decode opposing team signs and then communicate them to the batter. So then Cora arranged to have video monitors showing center field camera feed to be set up right outside the dugout, which if you followed this all on Twitter, there's a bunch of videos, even from their own, uh, like they always do like a documentary type thing about the team that won the World Series. I don't know if they follow like every team just to see which team's going to win the World Series and then use that footage. I don't know how that works, but you can see in their footage, the monitor clearly outside the dugout and I I know a lot of people try to say that's just the normal video monitor and I'm like there's no video monitors outside the dugout in the stairwell that leads to the clubhouse that's just not a thing and for it to be so blatantly there in their own World Series videos it's kind of obvious that like they just didn't care which you'll see more as the um apologies come out they didn't really care much um also in the original athletic report, another pitcher, he was with the Chicago White Sox, Danny Farquhar, said um, in a September game, he had gestured to his ear, like he pointed to his ear after um, he was hearing banging from the Astros dugout every time a changeup signal was shown. There's also um, a, someone who was like big on finding like videos and evidence of this was John Boy on Twitter and he actually has the video of that game where he's pitching and you can clearly hear the banging on the video so clearly if we can hear on there he was hearing something too which I think is very interesting um and that's September that's like right before playoffs so it's not like it was back in April where the games didn't matter and Chicago was way out of it anyway it didn't matter to them technically but still um then There were also these other little incidents that I kind of had forgotten about as far as, like, when they happened. Um, And the 2018 AL Division Series, Cleveland caught an Astros employee taking photos of their dugout. Um, And they warned the Red Sox. And then they went on to play the Red Sox in the ALCS that year. Um, And the Red Sox found the same guy taking pictures of their dugout. Um, again, that's 2018. This investigation originally said it was just going to cover 2017, but they did say they looked into 2018 and 2019 as well. Um, then in 2019, the Yankees asked MLB to investigate whistling sounds in game one of the ALCS. MLB said they found nothing. Again, I find that hard to believe just because if there's so much evidence that they uh, cheated in 2017, I mean, what's really stopping them from doing it 2018, 2019? And here's the thing. Like, I remember when this whole thing came out, and granted, I'm not huge in baseball Twitter, but it was, like, literally negative five minutes before people had videos on Twitter with all of the proof of everything. Right. So how can the MLB not find evidence? Like, come right? on. Um, the Yankees also said they saw blinking lights during game six, like, in the outfield area, which would be interesting. Also should mention all of this cheating was during home games, supposedly, as far as the, the cameras and the monitors. I'm sure they could have found a system to do on uh, at visiting away games, but mostly they did it during home and games. 
and there's an evidentiary, I remember this, someone talking about this. If you look at their home and away splits for batting, they're insane. Like, not realistic at all. Yeah, and I actually went and looked at their regular season records home and away, and there's really not that much difference. I was surprised, actually. Um, and during the regular season, but in the playoffs, there's a huge difference, which is also interesting because they tried to say that they didn't do it in playoffs. They just did it in the regular season. Mm-hmm. But stats show that clearly they had an advantage in the playoffs. Um, also interesting to note that um, it was reported, I think it was after the World Series, but it was reported that before the World Series, Joe Torre, who's the chief baseball officer, whatever you want to call that, um, and other officials had um, a quote-unquote unusual pre-series meeting with the GMs and managers of both the Astros and the Nationals because multiple Nationals were warned by other players after they found out that they were going to be playing the Astros in the World Series. Um, they were warned by other players like, hey, they cheat. Um, one of the players was said it was amazing once we were playing the Astros how many people were coming out of the woodwork to let us know what they were doing. That's in 2019. So the fact that this investigation mostly revolved around 2017, the World Series season, and then in 2019, spoiler alert, they found nothing, is fascinating to me because clearly if other players are calling a team and like, hey, they're stealing signs still, like how how do they not get punished for that? Um, And then uh, I think an interesting reason why the Nationals won Um, Not only is it just gratifying that they won all of their World Series games on Houston's field, like that's just amazing. Um, They developed a very complex sign of a system of mixing their signs. So then the Astros couldn't keep up with them and steal them, um, which I think is probably why. I also think if they had a pre-series meeting with other officials, they probably toned it back a bit on their cheating because obviously people were paying attention to it more. My thinking is if they did the pre-series meeting about that is what that was probably when they heard about 2017 and their cheating system. Um, hold on. I, I, I have notes. No, I, I just still wanted to make, I just wanted to make a comment. Like we'll get to the punishment anyways, yeah. but I think it is kind of interesting. You bring up the point about how they toned it down. Mm-hmm. It almost seems like for the long-term health of the Astros that losing the 2019 World Series might have actually been better than winning. Because yeah. if they won it and they had cheated during all this, right when the report came out and right when all the investigation is happening, I feel like the relatively small punishments they got would have been like dialed up times a million. Yeah. And the interesting thing is um, when I said their regular season records home and away weren't that different, they weren't that different in 2017 or 18. There was a significant difference in 2019. So I think that was when I heard about who's their like really good player, Altuve, mm-hmm. um, that like his home and away splits this last year were just like absolutely bonkers. Yeah. It was kind of like that for a lot of their players. Um, they also, um, oh, in 2017, part of their um, thing was they emailed their scouts asking their scouts to help them steal signs and then um, suggested that the scouts use cameras like in emails which I'm assuming were like their MLB associated emails which like how dumb can you be 
like not I'm not telling anyone to commit crimes but I've listened to enough true crime that like be smarter about your crimes if you're gonna do a crime don't leave a paper trail that's like the number yeah even gmail or something like that don't just don't do it over email yeah do it over a phone call that's not being recorded or anything yeah that's dumb. that's so dumb um and then in December uh part of the investigation was announced that it would also cover 2018 um, and that they had to go through 70,000 emails and interview over 70 people, which sounds like a lot, but 25 of those people are all on the team, and then you have coaches and all that. So 70, does when you think about it more of like, okay, team, front office, that's really not that many people. It's kind of like what you expect. Um, so again, the two people named in every report was – Cora and Beltron and they were basically the two that were like they mastermind this they created the system um they experimented with clapping yelling whistling and then eventually went with banging on a trash can which in my notes I wrote because garbage recognizes garbage (laughs) I thought that was hilarious um so then they said that after um back to the September game with uh, Chicago White Sox pitcher, um, the Astros noticed that he noticed. So they kind of panicked a bit, but they didn't stop. They just ramped it up. So they placed a wall-mounted monitor and used portable monitors in the postseason, allegedly in this report. I guess I have to say allegedly. Um, they uh, Their investigation found no evidence in, for the 2019 season, which I'm calling bull. I kind of wonder if they just were like, well, we got them for 2017. That's when they won the World Series. Well, we care and I about think 18, if, 19. if you if you know the punishment, there is an incentive for the MLB not to find anything in 2019. Right, right. Um, another thing about the Astros is Manfred found uh, Lunau, who is their G, was their GM, um, didn't know players' role, but had some knowledge about replay. Re- replay room staffers decoding signs remember that for later because no one in the Astros organization as far as replay room staffers and any anyone like that got punished remember that um players were given immunity in exchange for cooperation and the reason why is because MLB believed it would it wouldn't win any grievances from the players union if they attempted to discipline the players my opinion on that is try it anyway. If you don't think you're going to win the grievances, still punish them and just see if you do. Because right now you just went with lose-lose. We're not going to punish them either way. Well, and you also got to think if you punish a lot of them, that the grievances that the players association is like going to prioritize are the ones of like the less involved people. Mm-hmm because they know they'd have the better chance of winning that. So it's kind of like if you can stall them a little bit almost. Yeah. Like you can't think that like some of the really obvious ones that they would win or that they wouldn't like win the appeal because the MLB had a good taste. Right. And you would think since Beltron seemed to be the only player actually named in every report, they could at least punish him because he's not a player currently. So why not try, try at least punishing him? Since he yeah. was the main guy in all of this, as far as players go, he was named by everyone. Just to not punish them just because you don't think you're going to win makes no sense to me. And what kind of message does it send? Right. Because you only punish the teams and you punish the manager 
but none of the players get punished. And I feel like all the players looked at their punishment of everyone being mad at them. That's not a punishment. They still got all the money on the contracts on, instat- on stats that were clearly inflated. Right. Um, so then this report came out, or their punishments came out January 13th. I believe that was a Monday or Tuesday. That Saturday, the Astros were having their fan fest, which every team does this during the off season, right before going into spring training. It's like a Q&A type thing with uh, the fans and the players or broadcast, whatever. Um, I, I kind of love the idea that MLB was like, no, we're going to put this out now. And then they have to deal with all the media questions in a couple days. Um, so they didn't really have any apologies during that time. If you remember, there were a lot of videos that came out and like they had, I think it was Bregman, who is their third baseman. And then they had two guys like just standing next to him, like two players, but they're rookies and didn't play in 2017 at all. I don't even think they had been drafted by, at that time. So like they just had them there. The poor guys are just sitting there like, we had nothing to do with this actually. And I have an analogy. I have okay. an analogy for this actually. It's great. So in my high school, my senior year, because I went to Catholic school, in my senior year, they decided to outlaw grinding as the <laughs> homecoming dance. And obviously, it was like the principals and whatever decided to outlaw it. So what they did is they sent an email. It was like, we're outlawing this. And then they had a, like, assembly to announce this. And they brought each grade individually to announce this. So every grade, what they would do is they'd bring them into our auditorium. They'd say, hey, we're outlawing grinding. And here's the homecoming court. And then they just bailed. And then all of the people in my class are yelling at the homecoming court. And I'm like, they didn't do this and they had to say it over and over it's like you're just set, putting 18 year olds up there to like get yelled at yeah when they didn't have anything to do with this yeah and it was it's kind of the same thing yeah um and then like none of them apologized they all said like the report is out da, 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 like nothing and uh, like even Altuve like some of them got defensive um at that point like I was kind of just like if you're not gonna apologize just don't say anything just wait don't say anything. But instead, they kept talking. And then their owner, Jim Crane, promised that the team will apologize for what happened, ask for forgiveness, and move forward. But at spring training, two months from the time that they're at right now, because that's when you really want to believe an apology, when it takes two months to put together. Um, spring training, even though it was shortened, was very interesting. Um, as a Ranger fan who hates the Astros I feel like all my feelings were validated because everyone else was also angry at them so I was like yes we have a legitimate reason to all be mad at the one team I hate perfect for me I will say something about the apology because I have thought of this Mm -hmm. we had something in hockey with like a a player got in legal trouble Mm -hmm. and when it came out he like gave a super generic apology and everyone is like he didn't apologize to the victim this is so horrible blah 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 and then like a month or two later his like he had came up with some kind of plea agreement with the prosecutor and then like 15 minutes after that was done then he like did this deep statement of apology to the person like called her did all of this and it was basically became clear like he didn't apologize because of legal reasons and then as soon as it was done why can't you say that? Say we can't say anything now for legal reasons. Right. But once the second legal reasons are through, 
we will have right. more to say. Like, that's more believable than like, we'll apologize and then just don't apologize. Yeah. And I think also like, the, I think I would have liked it more if the, I understand they didn't want to apologize or talk about it at their fan fest because that's just them like thanking their fans, interacting with them. I get that. But if they would have just said, this isn't the place for us to talk about this and apologize, a more, a, a better setting for this will be at spring training. Like, if they would have just said that, obviously, they can't – I don't think they can refuse inter- – I mean, I guess they could refuse interviews because I believe MLB doesn't have in their contracts that they have to talk to media, whereas I know other sports do. But they're – just the way they worded it, it was like, oh, in two months, we'll have our apologies ready and ask for forgiveness. It's like, no, just say, like, today wasn't the place for us to do this. We wanted to – interact with the fans and even if they were like we just wanted to apologize to fans one-on-one even if it's a lie I'd, I'd take that over their defensiveness I will say if they put the time effort and money into PR that they put into the che- this cheating their PR would have been a whole lot more effective oh for sure they had a PR nightmare every month since the world series <laughs> um, and I, I almost included it this that whole thing in here but after eight pages of notes of just cheating, I was like, we'll save that for another episode. Yeah. Um, so in spring training, again, a lot of players were pissed off, rightly so. Um, Cody Bellinger, a player for the Dodgers, said, um, was very vocal in saying that Alve, Alve Tuve, Altuve <laughs> stole the MVP from Aaron Judge in 2017. Again, 2017, the World Series year. Altuve also won MVP. Aaron Judge was the runner-up. Um, and, uh, another, like, aspect of this, a petty aspect that I appreciate, when, uh, Altuve originally won that, Aaron Judge posted on Instagram a picture of the two of them congratulating him, blah, blah, blah. As soon as this came out that he cheated, Aaron Judge immediately deleted that picture off his Instagram. And I really appreciated that petty. And I'm, as a Rangers fan living in Texas, I have been taught not to like the Yankees. Um... But you know what? I, I really respect them. And I kind of feel bad for them because they were one of the teams that lost to the Astros because of cheating. That is the thing through all of this is it's like literally every other team, even rivals. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I saw this on Twitter. One of them, like, famous hockey fans, Tony X, is a big Cardinals fan. And mm-hmm. for my mom, I'm a big Cubs fan. And he retweeted Chris Bryant's comments on the whole situation with, like, the mm-hmm. added thing of, like, when the worst person in the world makes a really good point. <laughs> And it's yeah. like, all of us, like, everyone can be rivals whenever, but, like, in this, everyone who isn't the Astros is united in hating the Astros. Exactly. Um, an interesting thing, after Bellinger said that, um, Altuve didn't defend himself, but Correa decided he was the appointed player for the Astros to defend everyone, I guess. Um, he responded with, Altuve wanted nothing to do with sign stealing. Few times trash can was banged was without his consent and he didn't want that and that he got mad and yelled at players and dug out in um the clubhouse after the games um I just and it said that Altuve just wanted to play clean so I'm supposed to believe that the few times that they banged the trash cans when Altuve was out there he was just like nope gotta ignore it they're they're telling me it's change up I'm just gonna pretend it's fastball no like and that seems like something easy that you could just like 
I mean, MLB has archived games that you could go through right. and see how many is a few times. Yeah. And um, I have this in my notes later, but I'll bring it now because it, it makes sense for this. Um, after, during all that, when a lot of people were posting evidence and stuff, an Astros fan actually uh, published a lot of data from 58 games, um, 58 home games for the 2017 Astros, and basically marked instances where banging happened for multiple different players. Um, the most instances it happened were for Marwin Gonzalez, uh, George Springer, Carlos Beltran, and Alex Bregman. The fewest were for Altuve. So, yes, he had the fewest, but also that doesn't absolutely clear him from listening to it. I mean, the entire every other team had the fewest. Like, right. Pick your team. Pick your favorite team. The Los Angeles Dodgers had fewer than Altuve because <laughs> zero. Right. Um. One of the other, like, biggest evidence for um, Altuve cheating was, this was during 2019, um, the walk-off home run against the Yankees for the 2019 ALCS um, that got the Astros to the World Series. It's that video of him um, running to home and not wanting his jersey ripped off, and then instead of celebrating with his team, immediately runs in the dugout. So that whole thing was, like, because there was a lot of people that believed maybe in 2019 they stopped doing the trash cans, but maybe they went on to, like, buzzers or had, like, there there were some things where it was, like, they had a, maybe a buzzer in their, like, um, like, wristbands and stuff. Or in this instance, it was, like, Altuve had it on his chest, like, under his jersey. Um, that I, I don't want to fall into, like, conspiracies, but, like, that one I found it very interesting considering, you know, when you win the ALCS, your first thing is celebrate with your team, not run in the dugout, change your, like he, I think it was, he wasn't wearing um, an undershirt under his jersey. And then like the next inning he was, um, it was also like, and the way they tried to defend it just seemed odd because, and again, it was Correa that came out and defended Altuve and was like, oh, he didn't want his jersey pulled off because his wife got upset about it earlier in the season. First of all, don't blame the wife. That's rude. I'm not buying mm-hmm. that. Um, and then it was, oh, because he also had a really shoddy tattoo. That was his daughter's name. And it was just really bad. And um, he didn't want to show it off. So he had to get it redone or whatever. Um, it, <sighs> Here's the thing, too, though, is like, it really bothered me when the Astros did this because the, the, that whole, like, the buzzers thing and all that, the evidence is a little, like, hard to come by. And like mm-hmm. you said, it, it does veer into a little, like, did they, didn't they? You kind of just have to, wherever you fall on that. They used that to be like, well, everything is just this yes. media conspiracy theory. And it's like, okay, so there's a few people who will believe literally anything mm-hmm. And don't even be like, well, maybe they did, but maybe we didn't. This isn't as good of evidence as the trash can thing. But that doesn't mean that the trash can thing isn't so obvious and clearly proven. Right. That was one thing that really, like, infuriated me because the Astros decided they were going to focus on the buzzers not being a thing. And to make that seem like it negated their whole cheating thing, I'm like, but guys, the buzzer thing wasn't true, but there was so much evidence proven and punishments given because you did cheat. So, like, stop focusing on the buzzers not being a thing. Like, they were just trying to distract us. And that's also what made me annoyed because still haven't gotten any real apology from them. 
Um, in fact, like the most apologies I saw were from players who were Astros, but no longer Astros. Like Marvin Gonzalez, one of the guys who had the most um, banging in the in his games. His I saw his apology. I think it was, I believe it was before spring training. I want to say it was a couple days after the Astros fan fest. I could be wrong. It might have been during spring training. Anyway, he did. He had an apology, and he like he could have been lying for all I know. He could have just been so happy he won a World Series ring and whatever. But his apology was seemed genuine. It was believable. I felt like his he apology existed. Exactly. It was an actual apology. Um, Astros closer, Ken Giles, who um, I, when he was an Astro, I personally hated him. And I know a lot of Rangers fans did because, um, and we thoroughly enjoyed beating him because at one point he, when the Rangers were really just like beating up on the Astros all the time and winning like every game, he said something like, he, um, the Astros are a better team and we're going to put them to the ground. And that kind of became the whole thing of like, oh, so did you put us to the ground? Because I don't know if it got to him, but like the Rangers would always just crush against him. But then I saw this quote and I'm like, wait, now I have to like you? Okay. Because he, again, he was their closer at the time. So again, most of his time spent in the bullpen. Closer, since they're the ninth inning guys, like they're never really in the dugouts ever because if they're the ninth inning guy, they end the game and it's over. So they spend all of their time in the bullpen. Granted, if they talk about this in the clubhouse, he probably hears it, but there is a thing of like the bullpen uh, guys are kind of like their own little group. And yes, they obviously talk with their teammates and get along with them, but they're more, they're closer than like the hitters are like the hitters are a group, the starting pitchers are a group and the bullpen, but like even the starting pitchers are usually in the dugout with the hitters. So they're a little more isolated in a sense, but again, I don't think they're isolated enough to not know anything, maybe just not know the extent of it. Um, but he said he didn't know anything. Um, to me, I mean, that makes sense that he wouldn't know much. I'm not buying they didn't know anything. But he said he would give his ring back, which I was like, wow, okay, you're willing to give your ring back and you probably had legitimately nothing to do with this. Um, and he's, he was the only player I saw that said he had an understanding of why opposing players would be pissed off at them, which I was like, thank you. Because everyone else is like, why, why do they hate us? Why do they not like us? They keep talking about us. It's like, because you ruined, you legitimately ruined some players' careers. And I, everything they say about this is like, well, it is, why is this, why would they hate us? Why is this a big deal? All of that. If all of that is true, if the reason you believe, like, if you think, oh, it's no big deal, like, why would this be a big deal? Why would they care? Why did you go to such efforts to conceal it? Exactly. Exactly. Because then there were even, I don't know if it was the owner or some, I remember someone saying, I think it was their owner, said, uh, well, I don't, I don't think that really helped us. I, I don't think that contributed to us winning games. It's like, well, then why did you do it? If it's not helping you, what's the point? So, and it pretty clearly did help them. Right, exactly. Um, uh, the next, I have a lot of like outcomes and uh, quotes from their quote-unquote punishment and the whole scandal itself. Um, Hall of Famer Hank Aaron said the punishments did not fit the crime, which I, I agree. Um, other players who also were outspoken, Mike Trout, uh, Mike Clevenger, who was a pitcher with Cleveland Indians, Trevor Bauer, Aaron Judge, uh, Chris Bryant, they were all very outspoken and being disappointed. Um, 
some of them a little more outspoken than others. Like Mike Trout was very Mike Trout-esque of like, it's just disappointing that they didn't play the game. And you have others who are like legitimately pissed and like basically cussing out the Astros. Um, there were a couple of people on in the media who were like, hmm, he shouldn't have done it. Mike Fires shouldn't have done it. And it, it was like appalling that they said that. Um, Pedro Martinez, who is like, a very well-known pitcher, um, Hall of Famer. He's on MLB Network as an analyst. He said, um, what happens in the clubhouse stays in the clubhouse. And I just wrote next to that quote, I roll. Because, first of all, technically, it didn't happen in the clubhouse. It happened on the field and in the dugout. So, one, you're wrong. And two, like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Okay, so, like, if a crime is committed... But you could technically say that it is because it's kind of like fraud. Right. Like, oh, and I, I have a thing about that too. And the, the clubhouse isn't like immune. Like, right. Come on. Right. And it's a little different than like, it's different than like PEDs. Like with um, steroids and that, like you could take it. It might not help you. Like if you're, if you take it and you're Mike Trout, that's going to help you tremendously. If you take it and you're like a 200, uh, average player like that's not it's not going to help you you still have to like know the pitches and figure it out and be good at the plate where sign stealing would help anyone because they know what's coming this is okay I listened to an interview with Christian Yelich pre mm-hmm. all of this this was like two years ago mm-hmm. and someone was asking him if Barry Bonds should get in the hall of fame and obviously the whole PED thing and he said yeah like I think so because obviously like steroids and all that but you still gotta hit it Right. And it was like he was unknowingly making the point yeah. about why this is so different. And Chris Bryant said something similar after the fact. Yeah. How, like, how that's more impactful than cheating or than PEDs. But also beyond that, like, obviously there were some players during the whole PED thing that weren't doing it and were literally legitimately playing and that, like, mm-hmm. sucks for them. But it's also not as if every team didn't know that every team had right. players that were doing this. No one knew the, like, I mean, some people had suspicions right. and, like, said that, but it wasn't like every team was stealing sides. It was just the one team. Yeah. Um, and Jessica Mendoza, who I didn't look it up, but I believe she's still an advisor to the Mets, but she's also um, an ESPN analyst. She does the Sunday night uh, broadcast. Um, she said the allegation should have been made privately to MLB. Like, okay, if they're made privately, they're still going to come out because they have to punish them. Like, it just, this idea of, like, Mike Fires never should have said anything. That's against code and da-da-da-da-da. It's like, well, it was against code that they freaking ruined all of these teams and some of these players' careers. Like, what? The big picture here. It's pretty well established, not just like MLB, but like sports. If you try to handle things internally, it always gets swept under the rug. Mm-hmm. Punishments are never enough. Not like they were here either, but at least there's some kind of public relations punishment that they have right. to face. And the thing is, like, it seems to me that a lot of this had been handled somewhat quietly before Mike Fires went to the athletic because, um, the Oakland Athletics GM had made complaints before MLB investigation. He sent MLB emails about, hey, I think you need to look into this. Um, and there were other players that had heard too and had said something, but nothing happened. So it was kind of evident that Mike Fires had to be public. Someone had to put their face and name to this to make it believable. And the fact that he wasn't just an opposing pitcher, he was on that team, he had inside knowledge, just 
proved that it needed to be said. Um, another part of the fallout from this, uh, Mike Bolsinger filed a lawsuit in LA. He was with the Blue Jays at the time of uh, 2017 when he faced the Astros. He faced the Astros once. I think he played a couple innings, but he gave up so many runs and immediately after that was sent down to the minors and never came back up to the majors. So he filed a lawsuit um, and he wants the Astros to forfeit their $31 million in bonuses from their World Series win, but he doesn't want it from himself. He wants it to go to charities in LA and a fund for retired players seeking financial assistance, which I think is freaking great. And I hope he wins because he deserves to win this that This is lawsuit. like a, a legal thing. So obviously because the MLB is like one big thing, mm-hmm. the other teams can't sue each other. Yeah. That's written for but players and then I even saw like a city even was considering it so you have to have other aggrieved parties separate of a team so if you're wondering why like well uh why wouldn't other teams sue them it's like because they can't really right and Dodgers uh, why wouldn't the Dodgers right and the Dodgers didn't release anything like any statements after this because they weren't allowed to MLB had sent a memo to all the teams saying you're not allowed to respond to anything about the Astros, essentially. Um, There were also three lawsuits filed against the Astros on behalf of current and former season ticket holders. Um, They felt defrauded um, because of the ticket price obviously increased after the World Series win and they're based on their success. And they um, felt that they just weren't seeing like a legitimate team and that they had paid too much to see a non-legitimate team who were um, cheated. So they filed three different lawsuits um, for being defrauded. However, um, their minor league team in Corpus Christi revoked the season tickets of one of the attorneys in the lawsuit, which I put in parentheses, normally I'd respect this petty, but not today. Um, but it's just, that's just so stupid and, like, ridiculous. Your your main team cheated, got a lawsuit filed, so you're going to take away season. It's a minor league team, first of all. You need people there. Also, PR. Yes. Whatever petty you gain, whatever you gain from doing this, you will lose immediately in PR. Petty PR only works in your favor if it's positive. If, like, you're yeah. doing it out of positivity. Like, this this is just petty for being annoyed and mad. Yeah, or if, like, you're in the right. Like, yeah. Like, this whole hit-by-pitch thing that everyone is convinced will happen and probably will happen. Yeah. That'll probably not be bad PR for the pitchers. If it very, if it works, it'll be, like, neutral PR. Yeah. Because the Astros are the ones in the wrong. But, like, when you're in the wrong, you can't really be petty. Like, exactly. Exactly. And the interesting thing about that, they got their new uh, manager. Uh, oh my God, I just blanked. Dusty Baker. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> it's something with a B. And is that coming to my brain? Um, he had even asked MLB to do something, essentially do something to protect his players from um, all the threats of being hit by pitch. I'm like, first of all, I had hope for you, Dusty, being a new manager coming in there. And I was hoping it's going to be like real tough with them. And then second of all, I'm like, you can't ask for, like, special favors. And then MLB even came out saying, like, um, yeah, we talked to him about that. And we had already been discussing before all of this even happened about um, bigger fines and a heftier punishment for 
for intentional hitting. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm supposed to believe that you've been thinking about this for a while now, not just because the Astros ask. Okay. So the biggest problem from cheat from the whole cheating thing is that players might get hit. Like, yeah, but we can't punish the players involved. But then when the other teams try to like do some cowboy justice, like maybe if you just had better punishments, they wouldn't feel the need to do this. Exactly. Because, and I don't condone hitting a player intentionally unless it's like in the butt because that's not going to hurt. Like sure, it's 90 miles per hour, but you got padding back there, you'll be fine. But like, I don't think pitchers would intentionally throw at like the head or the wrist. Mostly they throw behind not even hitting or in the butt area where or thigh where it's not going to hurt or break anything or ruin a career. And honestly, it would just be better for the Astros that if that were to happen, they just take it, accept it, walk to first base, don't just head down, move on. Because you should know that's coming. You should expect it. You cheated. Like, I, I this whole, we don't deserve that. It's like, what, but what did you think was going to happen? Like, people get hit in the butt for less than cheating. So what did you think was going to happen once it all came out? So I had this vision, this is me being petty, this vision in my head that they're still stealing signs and they know the sign for hit, hit the guy. And then, so they relay that to Dusty. So he's just standing at the top of the stairs for whatever mm-hmm. it happens to run out and argue. Right. Um, and so uh, another thing is, is like one of their things, like it wasn't a full blown, like thing that we thought through, even though it's an elaborate system, it was back in 2016 where they they threw an intern under the bus. Apparently an intern came up with this. I'm like, are you blaming a poor kid? Um, Came up with the whole um, quote unquote code breaker. That was the first like um, plan of this system. Um, And they call in their own emails, they called it the dark arts. I was like, you leave Harry Potter out of this first of all. And second of all, you're showing your true colors. What are you doing? Um, Also, I just wanted to note, I should have said this earlier, but instant replay was introduced in MLB in 2014. So hasn't been here that long, and it took them, like, three years to really, like, abuse having that. Mm -hmm. Um, Some stats that I have, I'm on page seven, guys, we're almost done. (laughs) Um, So 2017 home record, they were 48 and 33 on the road, 53 and 28. Not that big of a difference. 2019, I was surprised at their difference. They were 60 and 21 at home, 47 and 34 on the road. So vast differences. Yeah. Um, I think it was Tom Verducci that reported this um, in game five of 2017 World Series. Kershaw, Clayton Kershaw, who because of the 2017 World Series, kind of got a rap for being bad in the postseason. Mm-hmm. And clearly now it's like, well, that's not necessary. Obviously, he's played in postseason before that, but that was kind of the one where it's like, wow, he's not good in postseason, which he and Darvish both pitched in those that World Series against him. And they, like, Darvish legitimately thought he was tipping pitches. So he, like, had to change how he was pitching. Kershaw changed how he was pitching. Both of them, like, ace pitchers one were affected thing. by that. Yes. Um, maybe, maybe, um, comparison here, but I do want to name in this whole reaction and everything, you Darvish as our chief petty officer, because yes. he is real good. The best. I, and that's what I should have done. I should have gotten some of his tweets. <laughs> um, I'll save that for next week then. Maybe it'll be like, it'll be my rave. Um, yeah. 
But in game five where Kershaw was pitching, he threw 51 breaking pitches. Now, if you know Kershaw, you know he has a really good um, delivery as far as, like, deceiving uh, hitters. So in 51 breaking pitches, the Astros swung at none of them. Not one of his breaking pitches, which is very unusual and just further proves that they knew what was coming and they knew not to swing at it. Because you see him throw a breaking ball and you're like, oh, I'm swinging at that. You've seen millions of hitters swing at it and they didn't swing at one. Um, they're, okay, I have my, my playoff stats for their 2017. So they played nine games at home and nine games on the road. At home, their batting average was 273. On the road, 208. Their record at home, eight and one. On the road, three and six. Whoever beat them at home should just like get the World Series. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of insane. It's probably the Dodgers. Yeah. I don't really know. I can't remember. I should have looked up that one, that one win. But then at home, they average 5.7 runs per game. On the road, three runs per game. So significant in their records. Also, Player by player, it's real ridiculous. So at home, Bregman was batting 273. That's good for playoffs. On the road, 154. That's terrible no matter what. Correa, 371 at home, 211 on the road. Altuve, get ready for this one. Uh-oh. Four, 472 at home, 472. On the road, on the road, 143. That's a 300-point difference. Are you kidding me? It's like, okay, 471, like, obviously it's a small sample size, but, like, legitimately can never happen in the regular season. It's impossible. Yeah. Like, 173, or one what? Uh, 143. You're looking at getting benched, depending on your value in the field. Yeah. Now, this is in 18 games playoffs, but still, to have that much of a variance. Um, also, uh, Correa for um, on-base percentage plus slugging, he at home had 1.164. On the road, 626. It's Altuve's was 1.541 at home, 0.497 on the road. Like, it's just so obvious. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Um, and I, that's even if you think about, okay, well, most players are better at home because they're sleeping in their own beds. They're in their own, like, territory. But that's too big of a difference to, like, have that affect it. Um, now, those were, like, three obvious big-name players. So I included uh, their catcher, McCann, just for reference. Because at home, he was batting 300. On the road, point zero. It's basically like you just use an out. Yeah. On the road. Yeah. That's insane. Um, so and that okay, any one of those maybe could legitimately happen. But when Mm -hmm. like literally every single player has these like insane home run road splits, it's like, okay, that's a few too many coincidences. Right. Um, and then real quickly, just wanted to touch on Boston's part of this because last week their quote-unquote punishment was uh, announced. Now, from the beginning, it was said that they were less egregious than the Astros. Um, 
for the most part, it seems that they really investigated them once they found out Korra was part of the Astros and very heavily so. So they're like, we got to check out 2018 Red Sox. Now remember, at the beginning, they alleged that Korra was the mastermind behind the Boston cheating scandal. So last week, they announced that Boston would lose their second round pick and they were suspending the team's video replay system operator. In that same punishment, they said Alex Cora was also suspended for a year. However, that was not for Boston cheating scandal. The suspension of Cora for one year was for his role as the Astros bench coach. So he has not been punished or probably won't be punished for Boston cheating, which what? How do we go from he allegedly is the mastermind behind all this to he had nothing to do with it? What? This is like business 101, though, is like all of the like big wigs and stuff had no idea and all yeah. of this. And it's just these random rogue employees. And it's like, okay, but that reflects horribly on your leadership. And isn't that worthy of punishment? And apparently the answer is always no. Right. And my, my first question is, okay, so it was their video replay system operator who gets the punishment because it was all it was all him. Who is he t- giving the signs to? If he's in the video replay room, he has to call someone to tell them, hey, there's there's this pitch coming for you. Mm-hmm. So who is he calling in the dugout and telling? Yeah, you Probably can't really do this on your own. Exactly. And I, because if it wasn't uh, on the field during games, then I'm pretty sure that's legal for him to be like, go up to a, and be like, hey, you know that last game? Um, these were the pitches you missed. Like, that's completely normal. That's just mm-hmm. looking at video review and, like, going over what you need to work on. Um, also interesting that they decided not to punish anyone in the video replay room for the Astros, but did it for Boston. Um, the, the one thing, there were a couple differences also with Boston. Again, they weren't as egregious or as up a big system like the Astros seem to have. There also wasn't any video evidence about Boston and they didn't have a whistleblower, so they had significantly less evidence to work off of. Um, uh, Astros um, replay system operator, same guy who got suspended for Boston, he was one of the ones named, or that position was named in the original code breaker email about their system. Mm -hmm. So the fact that they didn't, get any kind of punishment or fine or anything um they also point out that the astros had two crimes boston had one so that's where those punishments quote unquote differ again they only technically really lost a second round pick because the suspended video replay system operator that more affects him not the team because he's suspended for a year can't work for any teams i think i read that he can't have that position for any team after his suspension either so that's interesting um but in could you not just like give it a different name right give it a different name or you just have to like you know could you not say one or yes have someone be like so this is history laura's history corner (laughs) over here um when reagan's press secretary got shot and that when reagan also got shot Mm -hmm. the whole time even though he was 
too sick to be the press secretary. He was still the press secretary. And the person who was actually the press secretary was called like the associate or assistant press secretary. Mm -hmm. So could you not just like pay someone to have the name replay operator and then just give him assistant replay operator? Right. Yeah. Um, in their report on Boston, it said um, that they didn't find the manager, coaching staff, front office, or most of the players knew or should have known in-game video was being utilized. I don't, I wish they had more information about, like, the whole system that Boston used. Mm -hmm. Because if, okay, if the manager, the coaching staff, the front office, and most of the players didn't know that there was in-game video being used, where did they think the information was coming from is my question because clearly they weren't getting it from because like all teams have ipads in their whatever dugout um but again that's not a live feed they're seeing that after the fact just like how the broadcast we see is like a 10 second 15 second delay they're seeing delays and they're seeing it after they've left the plate and they can look back at oh i missed that pitch or oh that puts probably breaking ball I shouldn't have swung at that um, so like clearly there was evidence that Boston cheated, mm -hmm. but how, like, if no one knew that the cheating was happening, how did they benefit from the cheating? Who had this? Like, I don't understand that the, the replay review person had this knowledge, but who was he giving it to in order to cheat if literally no one else knew? And I think this is like what you talk about with the Astros and with Boston is like a thing is like part of the reason we don't feel satisfied like all the other fans don't feel satisfied is because the MLB is not really laying it all out there for us they're mm -hmm. not saying like all of these stuff and so when you feel like there's still so much you don't know how can you really move on right and the punish like the whole reason you punish someone is to keep them from not doing it again and to deter other teams and players from not doing it none of the punishments did that because you suspended the manager who wasn't thrilled about the idea of cheating to the point where he broke two monitors, you know, really set the standard for his team, whatever. He got fired, whatever. You fire the GM who, thank God, probably should have been fired a long time ago. Um, their assistant GM got a lifetime ban. I don't really think it was... It wasn't just for this. It was also for his PR thing mm -hmm. um, with the reporters. You lose two, two uh, round picks for two, two years. That's not, that's not much. Like, it's, it's really no different than, like, if you had lower draft picks it, or traded them. Um, it, you can still get international picks, bonuses, all of that there's no real punishment like the five million dollar fine was the highest they could do but still that's not that much for a team mm -hmm. yeah I'm at, at this point it's just like everyone's so angry and there isn't really a justice for it right so it's like it's hard to move on and it, then it's hard to believe that someone else isn't cheating because it's kind of like with, with steroids like you know people were doing steroids mm -hmm. and it's like okay but the testing sucks and the punishments aren't deterrents. So people keep doing it. And when did, when did steroids kind of majorly go out of the game in a large, well, when that whole big conspiracy got uncovered, yeah. people got suspended for a long time. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, now people aren't doing it because they know like 
if they get caught, things will be real bad, both public relations-wise and from the league. Yeah. If you don't do that, like, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah. And A-Rod freaking used PEDs, and he got a bigger suspension than the manager and the GM of the Astros, and, like, his punishment was worse than anything the Astros got. And I I don't want to defend A-Rod. I really don't. But, like <laughs> – how are you going to give him – I think he missed, like, a season and a half, um, which, pro- I mean, probably didn't really hurt him. He had money. It was fine. But, like, how are you going to do that but not anything with the sign stealing? Like, and I don't care if the Astros keep their trophy, whatever, but there should have been some kind of punishment to deter the players, um, mm-hmm. just, just something substantial. Yeah. I, I totally agree. I mean, it's like, at this point, I think we're all unsatisfied if you aren't an Astros fan. Yeah. And with the season being suspended, canceled, whatever at this point, it also feels kind of like they get away with it because it's like, oh, they, we don't have to play it them. They don't have like to get that, food. It feels like that way till the first game back. Oh, yeah. Because there was this other uh, – Thing. I, I, I finished my notes, by the way. We're done with eight pages. Um, but I, um, my dad and I were talking about how some of the, the thoughts on bringing the season back and how they would do that. And one of them um, that he read was that instead of having AL, NL, they would just do for this season, just have a West, a Central, and an East, mm-hmm. which would put the Dodgers and the Astros in the same division. And the games would just be within the division. So they would have to face the Dodgers multiple times. Um, And then he was like, because also California teams, since there's five California teams and they probably don't want to play in California, if you have teams share uh, stadiums, I was like, please let the Dodgers and the Astros share a stadium. Like Mm -hmm. that, they would not want to play in Houston, but – make them face the team that they hurt the most so often would just be great for me because they weren't in the original schedule for this season. They weren't uh, scheduled to face the Dodgers um, because that wasn't the interleague play this year. And I don't think they would face the Nationals. I believe they kind of got away with not facing any of their NL opponents that they really like screwed over. Um, But I know their first few games were supposed to be against Oakland and the Angels um, Oakland has Mike Fires. The Angels have a few players um, that and were very honestly, outspoken. Any team that has fans, yeah. So like, sorry, Marlins. Like their games are usually pretty empty. <laughs> stuff like that. But any team that has fans, like, have the Dodgers and the Nationals and whoever's back. Yeah. Like, and they, I think their first series was supposed to be against the Angels, and apparently, like, 1,200 Dodgers fans had bought gate, had bought tickets for that game so they could fill up a whole section and just boo the Astros, which is so great. And the fact that it's, like, they bought Angels tickets, mm-hmm. so they're not even, like, putting money in the Astros' pockets. Yep. Yeah, I dig that. So, do you think that's a good hate rant? <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I've covered covered everything. Pretty comprehensive. Okay. Yeah. So then, as if we haven't got enough hate, we need to, like, rant and rave. So do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? Um, You go first, because I ranted a lot already. Okay. So I thought about this. Um, my mom 
sister and I watch Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune every night. And right before Jeopardy is NBC Nightly News on our station. And they were talking about the NCAA uh, uh, paying for likenesses or allow, allowing that, that, that decision that we had this week. Mm-hmm. And I am so, so, so incredibly annoyed with anyone who says that the NCAA is being progressive. They're not being progressive. The governor of California like signed a law that sort of makes it mandatory for any school in California to either not profit off their students' likeness or pay the students if they do. And like literally everyone ever has been saying this for years now. They're reacting like incredibly late to something everyone has been saying. So stop calling them progressive for this. This isn't progressive. <laughs> so that's my rant. Um, I have like I'm torn. I have two different rants because your yours um, reminded me of something from I think it was just yesterday um, with the United States women's soccer team. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, I don't follow soccer that closely, but it popped up on my feed um, because they've been trying to get equal pay because they don't get as much pay as the men's team, and they're a thousand times better. Um, but I think it was just yesterday that a judge basically was like, "You have no case" or something like that. Um, basically, like turned down their whatever. I don't, I don't know what it was, but it was stupid, and it's. It, they basically said that there was like no evidence that they're being devalued or something along those lines. I'm totally butchering it. Cause I just like saw a quick thing about it. Um, either way, it's stupid. Um, and they, they should be paid significantly more. You, if you just compare the two teams and like who's won more games, like it's obvious who deserves the more pay. And, and the, the thing they always talk about is viewership. Mm-hmm. Look at the numbers. It's not that yeah. like come on. No one cares about men's soccer because it's trash. Yeah. Not all of men's soccer, but yes, <laughs> soccer. sorry. No, you're good. Um one one other quick like little little rant because I saw it last night too and it just part of it it just kind of annoyed me how it was phrased not phrased, but one of the Oakland athletics minor leaguers, um passed away from complications with COVID. And last night they tweeted, um, the tweet on its own would have been a perfect tweet and then added something in a second tweet. Um, They said, um, the A's are mourning the loss of former athletic minor leaguer Miguel Marte, who passed away earlier this week due to complications from COVID-19. Marte played in the A's system 2008 through 2012. Thoughts and prayers are with his family and friends. That alone would have been a great tweet. However, they included a GoFundMe that his family started to raise $5,000 to cover his uh, funeral expenses. Now, minor leaguers don't get paid as well as it is. So the fact that the family has to set up a GoFundMe for uh, funeral services really sucks. Another part of me is like, okay, Oakland, and in the GoFundMe, you can see Oakland donated $1,000. To me... I feel like they could have covered the funeral expense. Five K total. Yeah, you could have got like 
a player or two players to like literally so many people in the A's organizations could have yeah put up I just the GoFundMe link within that just didn't feel right like I'm sure they thought it was a good thing but to me I'm like you uh, that's a bad look for you as a team I think if they took the GoFundMe link and added like a tweet like join us in um donating to help the family with any financial thing um would have been good but to include it in that tweet just to me felt icky like I I, because it's a it's a major league sports team like their owner could have easily covered a five thousand dollar thing yeah and if they were like oh here we covered the funeral but like please donate more so they can exactly other thing like that would be cool but yeah it, it just felt like when once they had their like thoughtful tweet and then the link to go fund me it just felt like oh you could have done more but mm-hmm. it that, that was just something I saw yesterday I was like I want to talk about this so I guess after all of the hate we got to end on a positive <laughs> note yes. so right um so I've been noticing this week from the NHL and I I love it a lot every day pretty much during the week their um twitter account will release like a schedule and the schedule is usually very similar of like they have a different player do a twitter q a every single day and then they have uh some players or like famous gamers or something doing a twitch stream of the game and then there's usually like one other thing going on but i i love that they have like clearly have a plan for like consistent content and a formula that people can expect of like live Q&A and all this and they're giving people notice ahead of time so they can get the numbers up just really building that because obviously that's not like money maker per se but it builds that investment and actually I do think they are getting some money from EA like because they're giving away codes and stuff Mm -hmm. like that and so just to build that investment so when eventually it does come back, it's good. And with the Twitter Q&A, obviously it's a little different from like your standard podcast or like player Instagram because there are certain limitations of being an official account. But like one of the questions seemingly everyone has gotten asked is, um, do you eat mac and cheese with a fork or a spoon? And I kind of just dig the the like – oh, we got to get pucks in deep, like, like, avoiding that kind yeah. of annoying cliches, but, like, okay, I know they're gonna say that, like, give me some good question. Yeah, oh my gosh, I love that question, because, <laughs> um, as a kid, every Saturday, I would go to my grandparents' house, and I'm the only grandchild on that side, so my grandma would always ask, well, what do you want for lunch, and we always had mac and cheese. I'm not mm-hmm. even kidding you, every Saturday for lunch, mac and cheese for probably five, six years. Um, and I always ate it with a spoon. My grandma ate it with a spoon. My grandpa ate it with a fork. So that question just like makes me so happy because my mom eats it with a fork too. And I just totally judge them for eating it with a fork because it's so much easier to eat with a spoon. I thought about it and I was like, I eat it with a fork, but then I realized it depends. Craft mac and cheese is great for a spoon because the noodles yes. are little. Yes, but, like, and that's the, what I used to eat. The big, like, the, and that's, like, you got to specify because, like, the big, yeah. like, if you go to a restaurant, like, the artisan gourmet mac and cheese yeah, with, like, the humongous true. noodles, I always ate that. So I was always thinking, like, well, I eat it with a fork. I'm like, well, because the last mac and cheese I had was, like, Panera's, and they have those huge yeah, that's true. mac and cheese. So I realized my answer is it depends. <laughs> um, so my... 
uh, rave is similar to yours in the gaming aspect. Um, MLB is doing their like similar thing. They have players uh, playing themselves. They, I didn't know it was a tournament at first. I think some players are doing it just for fun, but then other, like MLB set up like a tournament. Joey Gallo is in the playoffs. They're already on playoffs. I'm like, it's May. You need to stretch this out longer. Um, I haven't really kept up with it because I don't really get on Twitter that much since it's a little overwhelming. And MLB Network is not on my TV anymore. That should have been my rant. Um, that my cable provider took away MLB Network on April 1st, April Fool's Day. How rude is that? Um, so I can't like follow it on there, which I probably would be if I had it. Um, but my main rave was that, and I wish we would have planned to watch it because it was perfect for both of us. The other day, they had two Pittsburgh players. Sorry, I changed to hockey. Two Pittsburgh players playing against two Stars players. Um, and I, I, I didn't see it on Instagram until after the fact. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, this would have been perfect for Laura and I to watch because it she's was, our it was two teams. Brian Rust and Zach yes. Aston Reese versus yes. Jamie Alexiak and Stephen Johns. Yes. And the great thing is Jamie did play for the Penguins for like a hot second. The Dallas yeah. Stars literally loaned him to the Penguins. Yeah. And that, I feel like the chirping would have been great. I did see one thing from it where uh somewhat I guess uh right after Pittsburgh scored I think it was the first goal uh I think I think it was oh it was Jamie he he goes to Steven should we put in Dobie because Bishop was the one that gave up the goal and I just thought it was hilarious because it's kind of a little chirp at Bishop even though actual Bishop wasn't there uh but also I just I, I really missed Dobie and seeing him play and like being on the bench and so the fact that like give up first goal should we put in a new goalie it's just it's fun and it's chirping and another thing about all this video games in general is it kind of it provides the escape that sports normally would that we don't have right now so having the virtual sports is really nice yeah we both we both are really into that yeah kudos so I guess with that that's our our Astros hate week episode, <laughs> as I've been calling it. Next week, I don't think we have a set plan, but we were tentatively going to do like maybe a questionnaire that Morgan had that was interesting. So, kind of more to come on that. But we're, and if you have any ideas or any questions, comments, whatever, send it in. Please make sure to leave us a review or subscribe on Apple, Google, or Spotify. We are in all three of those places. Um, and as always, I am Japanese underscore ginger on Twitter. She is Morgan Price on Twitter, all in words. Um, and we will see you next week. Bye, guys. <laughs>